the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Our relationship with money changes over time. It evolves. It becomes more clarified. I am a big fan of getting you to retirement. In my career, my relationship with money has changed. In my 20s, I wanted to beat Warren Buffett. I wanted to beat the markets. I wanted to be the best of the best. I was one of the top tech analysts out there. I was great. I came into podcasting 25 years ago before you even knew what a podcast was. Everything I did on radio, I wanted to save and I wanted to repurpose it. And that's how podcasting evolved. Not for me. Uh, CNET Radio did a lot of that kind of work. And CNET Radio paid me a lot of money to work in the Bay Area to talk about investing in tech stocks because I was good at it. So, but my, my relationship with money has changed and hopefully yours has too. I think when you're in your 20s, you don't think about it. I think your hormones are typically are going crazy. So all you think about is the member of the opposite sex pretty aggressively. Or the member of this, I don't, I'm not going to get into that. You think of sex a lot. You think of like, this is my time. I'm going to own the world. I'm going to be the ruler of Westeros. I saw a fantastic article. I did not write this. It is not an email to me. But a young lady came into a large inheritance. Then my boyfriend's true personality emerged. That's a great, great setup. Because 26-year-old woman... I think women mature more than men faster, right? Can we go with that cliche? Uh, she writes in the article, my parents were well off. I enjoyed private education, nice vacations, a number of other advantages, but it was always understood that I would go to college, pursue a career and make my own way through the world. Okay. So her parents are well off and she lived a upper class or a upper middle class life. I don't know, something like that. Recently, my grandmother died and left me and my siblings each enough money that theoretically we don't have to work unless we want to. I hadn't realized before how sustainable or substantial this inheritance was. I love my work and have no intention of quitting. Everyone knows I'm a worker. But she goes on to talk about her boyfriend, who has changed overnight from being a lovable, down-to-earth guy to being someone I don't recognize. You know how they say power corrupts? Look at the Republicans and Democrats today. You could probably find an example. How about the fact that money corrupts? She goes on to write that he's pressuring her to quit his job, to quit her job, and to work on an unfunded travel blog with him. It's almost as if he hit the gold mine. He was humbled down to earth, loving and sweet. Falls in love with a woman with a career who's beautiful and has a good sense of money and understanding of life. 
and rules to, to be known as a hard worker is important. She goes on to say that he's become inexplicably rude. The wait staff increasingly conservative views about poor people. The other day, he made an overtly racist joke about our cab driver's nationality and his laziness. She was mortified. When she challenges him on some of his more offensive behaviors, he tells me he's joking. I feel like this challenge on some of his more offensive habits. He tells me he's joking, joking, joking. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, I don't want to break up because I love him, but I'm absolutely blindsided by the change. Is this who he always was? Is this how money will change people? And there's no answer to this. It's almost as if, you know, I've never fallen in love with a woman and suddenly woken up and said, wow, she's five inches taller than me. But I can see how it happens where you just fall in love. You can't control anything like this is going to be awkward. Oh, I I did. Um, I'm 6'2". And I did fall in love with a woman who was like 4'11", 5'0", maybe 5'1". She's tiny. And I didn't realize how awkward we looked until I saw a photo of us together. So how do I prepare for that height difference after the fact? It's something that I really did had to like, I I don't think I could date a five-foot-tall woman. I don't think I could marry a five-foot-tall woman. I just, I have a body issue. And when I see myself in photos, I'm like, ooh, looks like I'm about to eat her. I once did a spot on uh, NBC, the Bay Area. And there's a newscaster on the morning. She's really famous. Her name's Laura. That's all I'm going to say. And they put me on a couch next to her. And I think she might be five foot. And I probably was like 10 pounds overweight. And it looked creepy when I saw it. It literally looked like I was like, come here. I want to eat you. Put you in my mouth and in my belly. She was pretty tiny and I was pretty bloaty. Anyway, um, I don't know if there's the right answer to this with this one, but when people show you their true character, I, I think money does change. And like in this case, I would tell a young woman, you know, whatever you do, don't commingle that money. You're just boyfriend girlfriend right now, and your grandma gave an inheritance to you, not to him. And if you commingle it, you start getting into the messy. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's his. That's his. And that's mine. That's hers. So one of the pieces of advice I give on a regular basis to people in their 20s is marry wisely. This goes both ways. Yeah, in this case, the cliche of the young woman who inherits and the guy becomes a jerk and looks at it as a gold mine. Uh, maybe he's a gold digger, you know. Um, but there's also the cases where, like, I could say marry wisely. Like, uh, I, I've seen a lot of marriages in their 20s last less than one or two, three years. And that can get expensive. Commingling funds should not be offensive to the person you love or not commingling funds. Um, and it, it's even funny, like when you get into the whole last name thing, um, my spouse, for a while, she wanted to keep her last name, maybe because she didn't trust me. And then after a period of time, she goes, yeah, I'm going to change my last name. And it didn't make me a better person. It didn't make me a smarter person. I didn't put pressure on her. It didn't make us more sexier, loving couple. No. If you're one of those people who worries about labels like that, just know that your issue goes pretty much so deeper than you think. 
So do marry wisely and commingling funds shouldn't be offensive. And that comes to the next quick thought of, you know, commingling funds should not be offensive. The, the next words out of your mind are like um, pre-dop. When she does fall in love with him and he does revert from being a jerk back into the loving sweet guy that he was, before you get married, get a prenup. And, if you, and that's not saying I'm going to protect everything I have from you. It's saying what's mine's mine, what's yours, yours, within reason. And over time, maybe we'll commingle, maybe we won't. I split from a girlfriend once where I bought a They Might Be Giant CD. And she says she bought They Might Be Giant CD. And she wrote her name on it. I said, you wrote your name on it because you took my CD into work with it. I'm like, I forget it. If we're willing to fight over CDs, we're willing to fight over money. If you can't talk about a prenup or a postnup, you shouldn't be married, in my opinion. I know you're saying that's a strong opinion. I know. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Talking about how the financial industry works, I think is really important. Because I think we're all pretty naive. And I'm not talking about the 20-year-olds. I'm talking about some of us who are 50-plus. I meet grown men. And... Sometimes you'll hear funny things in sports where you're like, that's a grown class man. He's a grown class. Like, and you can drop a couple of letters there and figure out what I'm going at. Like, how can he be, how can he be that stupid? It's pretty easy. I know a man who just recently bought a home who's 50 plus. And when he was buying the home, he didn't bother to get a qualified. Someone said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll be able to help you. So he didn't really have this idea of how much he was going to be able to afford. They didn't know each other's, uh, the lender didn't know how much he made. The lender didn't know his credit history, his credit score, his spouse's credit score. This grown man went into a purchase of a home with the last thing to do with lining up his mortgage. What an offer on to buy. The real estate agents didn't even check with a lender. I mean, the amount of mistakes going on there was crazy. And I had said to him numerous times over adult cocktails, beverages, hey, if you ever need any help in financial issues, like I know a whole team of people that can help. Like I, I knew him and his wife were looking for a house and they're friends of ours. They're moving out of our county and it was kind of sad. But at the same time, I know people are going to get stuff done pretty fast usually. It's good having a financial team. Financial teams help you enormously in your life. I've got an accountant. No, not an accountant. Excuse me. I've got a CPA, which I guess is an accountant, right? But think of it more as taxes. I'm not having someone run my business numbers because I don't have a business that I'm directing anymore. I'm now an employee of EP Wealth. (laughs) After 20, 25 years of building a business and running the numbers. I wanted to cash out. So who else should be on your financial team? I'm a good mortgage lender. I've used Tony Mendez for the last 20 years on every mortgage I've ever done. I've probably done six or seven. And my last mortgage was at a rate of about 2.5%. Today rates around five and a half percent. Now, depending on when you listen to the story, this rates can be at 5%. They can be at four and a half. They can be at six. What's important to note is have someone who's on your side who gets to know you. 
when I have an impulse in mortgages, which never happens, but if I did, he'd be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I need from you. He's like, I already got your driver's license on file. Da, 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 da. The fact that he was able to probably give me a preferred rate is pretty sweet because I sent businesses away. I don't know if he gave me a preferred rate or if not, or if he just cut some of his fees out of it. But my friend goes and buys a house and uh, he's 50 years old and he, he's a, getting a loan. If you haven't done one in a few years, it's a lot of paperwork. 12 months of statements from your brokerage, 12 months of statements from your uh, bank. You're like, oh, I don't get statements anymore. And it's like, so now you got to learn how to log online and go download it. Another person that I would work with, like I said, is a CPA. Um, I don't know all the tax laws. I'm not close to coming out on the show and doing a, a long tax segment. Why? It's a good question why. Because you and I are different. You may have a restaurant that you don't tell me about. You're like, yeah, I make $500,000 a year. I'm like, oh, then you should do this. But you don't tell me that it is an entrepreneur a small business. A good accountant will get to know you. A good mortgage lender will become your friend over time, getting to know you. Um, let's go back to the lender real quick. I like private lenders who can shop banks and brokerages for a loan for you. I've never walked into my bank and said, I'd like to buy a house there. Cause like the person who works at the bank, and this is mean for me to say, typically if you're good, you're not at the bank anymore. Typically if you're good, you've been sucked up and, and pulled into other areas. The people at the bank who sell mutual funds, the people at the bank who sells mortgage loans. I tend to think look like they're 25 in their first job. I want nothing to do with that. So choosing a financial advisor um, through studies has shown that it's going to increase your returns from about 1.6 million with no advisor to about 3.4 million with an advisor. I think that's worth the time and effort to say, okay, I could hire someone. I don't have to do it myself. I said on the show numerous times, I got enough, enough money to last till the day I die. And someone dropped me an email and said, hey, I have enough money to last till the day I die. And I'm like, good for you. Like, I want to walk away from this and go on a two-week, three-week, four-week vacation. I never did a sabbatical. I never did anything like that in my work career. I've never been unemployed for any period of time. To work with a financial professional, when I go... I'm not going to think twice of what's happening back, back home. I'm going to unplug. And when there's grandkids, I'm going to unplug. A 2020 Northwestern Mutual study found that 71% of U.S. adults admit their financial planning needs improvement. However, only 29% of Americans work with a financial advisor. The value of working with a financial advisor varies by person to person. And what is or is not a financial planner uh, or financial advisor or a wealth advisor. There's so many stupid names here. It gets confusing. I'm not a fan of LPL Financial. I think, I think it's typically, and this is not always, typically, it's a stepping stone into the market. And I don't want a 25, 30-year-old helping you. So I go, nope. They may work for a wonderful company, but like even Fidelity. I think Fidelity's financial planners and Vanguard's advisors that you could have Schwab's that you can work with if you have a certain net worth. In my thought, they would start their own firm instead of working for a factory. Now, again, 
That's just my own thought. It's a bias. It could be wrong. There could be some lovely people at those firms. I just feel that the motivation for education is better on your own <clears throat> and doing it the company's way. Okay, for instance, I had a friend who became a stockbroker right out of college. And he'd call me up and say, hey, Rob, I got this stock for you. And he'd give me the sales pitch on it. I'm like, okay, mark me down for 400. Wasn't quite like that, but you get the idea. And I'll tell you what, he was dumb as a bag of rocks in college. Drank a lot, partied a lot. As a stockbroker, he was dumb as a bag of rocks. He was only allowed to advise what the big firm, Smith Barney, was allowed to, told him. And if he ever did anything outside of it, they would tell him, we're not going to legally represent you if you get sued. So he worked within their recommendations. <clears throat> a recent Vanguard study found out that on average, a hypothetical $500,000 investment would grow over to $3.4 million under the care of a financial advisor over 25 years, whereas the expected value of self-management would be about $1.69 million or 50% less. So I feel okay working with financial professionals. Now, the only financial professional I really like is one that's a fiduciary. By definition, a fiduciary is an individual who's ethically bound to act in your best interest. So they're not going to be putting you into 5%, 6% commission products. They're not going to be putting you into annuities. Fiduciary financial advisors must avoid conflicts of interest and disclose any potential conflicts of interest to the client. I think that's a good thing. Another reason why I don't mind working with a financial advisor or maybe another nugget that I'll tell you is don't hire the first one you ever meet. EP Wealth has a team of financial planners and they're certified financial planners. So certified is going to put into the world that it's, you see that certification, you know that they're fiduciaries. I like that. You can get a lot of information about CFPs at CFP.net. And if your 18 year old kid were to come to me and say, I'm looking for a career, I'd say strongly consider get into college degree, and then become a certified financial planner. It's a good career. But you don't want to hire the first one you meet. Because ultimately, I my idea to take a sabbatical, he may go, what are you thinking about? Um, second one may go, have really bad breath. I'm like, I'm not going to want to meet with this person every year. Third one may have no teeth. I'm going to be like, oh, lunch is out unless it's mashed potatoes. Whatever reason might turn you off, you should meet with the team. And EP Wealth has financial planners. And if you want, you could meet. That's one of your three that you should interview. Do you see where I'm going out with this? Um, you should find out if they have any specialties when you meet with them. Uh, some financial planners are great for small business owners. Some are great for people with high net worth. I've got a high net worth that I'm now doing some income fund placements that aren't available to people on a, a street level. But it's a, it's a very small amount of money. And yet it's something I have access to because of the specialty of the people I'm working with. Income funds that yield 3 4 5%. Um, they do private placements, things like that. So don't work with a financial planner who has an incompatible strategy with you. If you like stocks and they like index funds, you're going to fight at some point in time. Ask that financial planner in the meeting when you meet with them, whether it's a stockbroker, an LPL, whether it's someone at Schwab or Fidelity, whoever it is, ask them how they're paid and have them show it to you in writing. 
have them show it to you and take it home and keep it. Ask about their credentials. Are they Series 7, Series 6, 6, Series 6, 5? Are they a certified financial planner? The CFP certification is the one that I care about. Um, I wouldn't go with a friend's referral as gold. I would go with a friend's referral as this is one of the three that I can meet. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. I, I know some CFPs. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Year to date, the Nasdaq's down 18.7%, the SP 500 down 11.2%, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 7%. It's fair to say where we are in the calendar that you probably can't expect to be green for the year. You'll be in the red. Oil's up 19.9% year over year. And until we start saying smaller number there, it's going to be a talk towards inflation. The riskiest asset out there, Bitcoin's down 53% for the year. For me, asset class, I'm talking about digital currencies. Bitcoin is the poster child. Um, It's down well over two times as much as the NASDAQ. Just know that. If I were to talk to you and you say, I don't like losing any money, Rob. It makes me really uncomfortable. I'd say, you're probably more of a S&P 500 investor. And you're saying, I'm really greedy. I want the upside, but I don't want the downside. I'd say you probably want NASDAQ-like investments. If you were to say, I cry when money goes down, I'm like, ooh, you're going to want to stay with a bank account or an income fund that's low, uh, that's valuable with low volatility. You, I just want to go crazy and become a millionaire and like drink champagne and water my plants with champagne. I'd say Bitcoin might be your play, but you also may be living on the streets. Despite slumping last week, the S&P 500 has bounced back 15% since the summertime low. Uh, today, it's not going to be so much. Have we put in a bottom in June? Are we going to go retest that bottom? Are we going to halfway the retest? Dun, dun, dun. Who murdered Rob Black? We don't have the answers to these questions. A lot's going to depend on when the Fed says, you know what? We're no longer to be taking big swings at inflation. No 75 basis points, no 75 basis points in September, 50 basis points. And then maybe you get down to month to month, quarter to quarter, 25 basis point moves. Uh, since we knew inflation was worse than it was, why didn't we raise faster, higher? That's a great question. Story hit yesterday, maybe it hit Saturday. Car explosion in Russia jolts war in Ukraine at a six-month mark. The daughter of one of Putin's good friends, they refer to him as the brain of Putin, Putin's brain, was blown up in a car bomb, it looks like. I don't have any actual details. Sometimes I'm like, okay, on Monday I'm going to talk money, but um, this weekend, I'm not going to look at politics too deeply. Russia blamed Ukraine. Ukraine said, nope, not us. Um, the state of the war, 
operationally, it's at a stalemate right now. Russia claimed large chunks of new territory in Eastern Europe, uh, Eastern Ukraine in the spring. Russia's economy is holding up for now. The impact has been global. Concerns about supply shortages have caused the price of food and other commodities like gasoline to spike. The next six months of the war will hinge on whether Ukraine can muster a counteroffensive in the South. Will the United States get tired of giving military aid to Ukraine? I These are things I can't answer. What I can answer and tell you is like inflation in Europe is out of control. You think it's bad in the United States? A lot of Europe was all snooty and uh-huh, look at us. We don't use dirty oil like the Americans do. We use natural gas and we get it from Russia. We don't even crack our own land. We don't even mess up our own water supplies. Natural gas prices today up 19% to fresh record on fears Russia will extend the time of pipeline maintenance. UK inflation is going to breach 18%. Um, Energy prices are skyrocketing. Heading into winter. Where a home in the UK, sometimes they're two, three hundred, four hundred years old, and they're not built with air conditioning. They're not built with heaters. Like, just know it's different in the United States. Like an old church in Europe, you know, nine hundred years old. An old church in the United States, two hundred years old. And the construction and the well, anyway, I'm done talking about that. Let's move forward. What's happening today, and what do we? Why do we care about it? Today, it's unwinding. So even though the S&P 500 has put in a major move off of its lows, last week, we got a little bit freaked out. We looked at the calendar. We see that the Fed Chair Jerome Powell is going to be speaking at Jackson Hole this week. Specifically, he's going to give a speech on Friday morning at 10 a.m. So I'm not saying take the whole week off. Uh, that's Eastern time. So that's 7 o'clock Pacific time. But that's going to be the next big play on market. You know, unless a company implodes or goes out of business. Will we be peak Fed? Will that be the narrative? Will we see the Fed wanting to raise rates in aggressive fashion to kill unacceptably high inflation? When you hear the Feds use terms like unacceptably high, that kind of implies uh, we're going to to continue being aggressive with this. Perspective on how the Fed talks on Friday morning will really shape our narrative on Wall Street. Uh, Fed's driving us towards a recession. The Fed's not going to quit on inflation until a recession. Best way to get a uh, kill inflation is recession. I know that's not the goal, but that's the reality. So when I want inflation to go away, I'm fine. If some people lose jobs, I'm fine if we hit a recession. And I know that means I have no heart, but I'm just telling you, that's mathematically the bottom line. Fed can curb, but then curb for the average person, curb for the lower incomes, for sure, with higher interest rates, higher borrowing costs. Less comes less speculation. There's so much pent-up demand, it looks like America is going to keep barreling forward in spending. I was watching last night on Fast Times at uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Uh, just got stuck there. I don't know why. It's it's a movie from the '80s, and every time I see it, I'm like, "Wow, that's what they." I grew up in the '80s, so I, that's that's my period to look back on and go, "Yep, that was our hairstyles. That's what we looked like in high school." 
what was fantastic about it, there was a scalper who was selling 10th row Van Halen tickets at a concert. Sold for twelve fifty. He was scalping them for twenty bucks. I'm like, you couldn't get that seat now for under two thousand dollars. That's inflation. I know you're saying fast times at Richmond High touch about inflation. It does. I noticed the guy who's buying a piece of a pizza and a medium Coke. He pays a dollar five. I'm like, yeah, that would be a good four dollars now. I think. And I say I think because I don't buy a lot of slices of pizza. It's like I, I feel like I'm Doctor Oz going into a grocery store making a video, where yeah, you don't know the prices and you don't know the, what product is because you haven't been in a grocery store in a long time, so you don't even know the name of the place. That was a bit of an oopsie video. There's a lack of leadership on Wall Street right now, and that's not going to change, in my opinion, at least till Friday. Could we get in front of it? Yes. Could you reposition your portfolio? Yes. Could you say, okay, we've had a big bounce. I'm going to trim some of the speculation just in case we don't hold. You can do whatever you want. It's not a work of ours if you take action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Elsewhere in the world of not talking about inflation in the stock markets in the United States, People's Bank of China cut its one-year loan prime rate by five basis points. Trying to stimulate growth, not fight inflation. You can find me on a lot. China's trying to stimulate just a little bit. United States trying to fight inflation kind of a lot. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me a lot at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So there's a waiting game this week. Do you remember the crying game? And if you don't, go Google it because it is part of cinematic history. Um, it's a waiting game this week with Fed Chairman Powell speaking at the Jackson Hole Fed Symposium on Friday morning. I'm not going to say that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday don't count, but in my heart, I'd be surprised if we didn't have a different, slightly different mindset. Now, saying nothing could be saying at all. That's cringy, isn't it? Wait till Friday to know. I want to know now. We talked when the market started this crazy rebound and Apple went up 30% from the June lows. Is this too far too fast? Um, who's making this money? Who's keeping the money? Is it a trade? Is it options? Is it a dead cap balance? It is a bear market rally. Meaning it's going to roar for a little bit, but come right back down. We've talked about that. Let's go over some of the stories though. Um, that tie into today. So the Fed's going to come out and talk. They're going to Jackson Hole Island. And it's kind of a cool place if you've never been. Beautiful, of course. There's a bar that you can go to that all the seats, all the bar stools are saddles. Need I say more? Need I say more? Like, how cool is that to have a beer? Sit in a saddle and drink your beer? I know you're saying that doesn't sound like fun to me. Some headlines that are out there today. McDonald's is going to test run Chicken Big Mac in the United States after a popular trial in the UK. Why is this important? What's the story here? Um, chicken's cheaper than beef, right? That's it. When you turn on your TV and you're watching sports and you see during the commercials, chicken sandwich this or chicken sandwich that, our chicken sandwich is two times chicken sandwiches of other people's chicken sandwich. It's because chicken's cheaper than beef. So I just talked about turning on sports. We're a couple weeks away from the NFL starting up. And something that's always shook me is how expensive being a fan of a team is. 
it seems mean and cruel. We pay our good money for tickets so that you can pay your athletes, and then you charge us $180 for a jersey, $10 for a beer, $50 to park. It seems a little cruel. And in the year of inflation, it feels a little bit too cruel. Tailgating is getting more expensive. I've tailgated maybe once or twice in my life, not very often. It's not my social scene. I know you're like, Rob, what are you? You're like, you hanging out at the debutante balls? Yes, yes, that's what I'm doing. Nah, I'm more of a loner than that. Tailgating is getting more expensive. The cost for a number of tailgating essentials are rising. We know that from the Consumer Price Inflation Index. Up 8.5% year over year. There's going to be more parking lot parties this year because last year we're still dealing with COVID. We're still dealing with it. We're just, we're kind of turning it into a flu in people's minds. Keep in mind, my mother passed away and I saw a lot of healthy men really succumb to that and get kicked in the face. Um, It's funny now because finding someone who hasn't been infected with COVID is pretty rare. So anytime you do, the conversation goes, what did you do right? Well, I don't know. I got lucky. What did you do wrong? And there's an answer to that. But let's go back to a little less COVID this year as far as killing people, a little bit more um, tailgating. And there's a pent-up demand because last year wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. Travel costs are the biggest pain point this year for football fans. Because of high gasoline prices. Gas stood at $3.90 on Sunday, down sharply from $5 in June for sure, but well above the average of $3.17 a year ago. When you think of tailgating, I think of people coming back to the big city. Um, many of my friends who go to the 49ers games and even to the Sharks games, and there's the Sharks. Um, I know some people that commute all the way from Santa Rosa to go to like 10 Sharks games a year, like, like a 10 game package. And that's going to take a lot more gasoline this year. So if you can take um, BART or uh, mass transit, do. Because prices have barely budged in the last year. But if you want to drive to a game, gasoline prices are significantly higher than a year ago. And if you want to fly, like, I used to be an Oakland Raiders fan, but I'm going to fly to Las Vegas to see the Raiders. Those flights are expensive as well, up 28% year over year. And up 16% since the summer of 2019. Okay, okay. So you don't want to go to the game, but you want to have the feel of the game. You tailgate, right? Beer is up 4.6% since last July. That's, oh, makes me want to cry. Grocery prices are up 13.1%. So this may be the year for hot dogs. Not beanie weenies, but hot dogs up 5.3% year over year. But that's way better than chicken, up 17.6%, and ground beef up 9.7%. So burger, chicken burger, or hot dog. If you want to be economically sensible, you go with the hot dog. But I'm not speaking for what the heck is in that thing. Propane, if you're going to take a little barbecue to the game, up 22%. 
Now, bag of chips are up about 17%, but fruits and veggies are up 10%. So maybe you put out a spread that has carrots and um, celery and ranch, but you skip the potato chips. Everything's more expensive. Everything. Now, here's ticket prices aren't as bad. Admission costs for live sports are rebounding. Good seats are crazy, but cheap seats are still pretty cheap, but still pretty expensive in my mind. When I look at football on Sundays, dun, 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 my producer can have to find the NFL because I'll talk NFL a lot. We have some sound effects on the board. Um, when I talk NFL, I, I, I look at the people in the stands. I'm like, I wonder if they have enough save for retirement. Because what they're spending, like even some of those Raider fans who put on like the um, black hole um, costume, those costumes aren't cheap. And sometimes those costumes would probably be a complete month of investing in your 401k. I prefer watching big games at home. If you're truly wealthy, there's nothing like a game seven experience in hockey, probably a game seven in baseball. Probably a Super Bowls. Everyone who I know has been, they've all said it's a horrible experience. Terribly long lines to get in, incredibly high prices, um, tons of security, very sterile environment. So I'm not sure if you're willing to pay $5,000 for the big game versus watching it for free at home. Not for free at home because you're paying for electricity, you're paying for the television, and you're paying for you know some sort of streaming service. It's interesting. Today, there's more people using streaming services than using cable. We live in that world. Congratulations, America. TV prices are down about 15% year over year. So yeah, I can turn football into an investment theme. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if you should. But some other headlines out there as far as inflation and, and entertainment go, there's some good ones today, I'll be honest with you. Top Gun Maverick has flown past $1.4 at Worldwide Box Office. See what I did there? See what I did there? See what I did there? Flown past? Or jet it past? Yeah, okay, I'll stop. The digital release of Top Gun Maverick is going to hit the streaming services soon. But cinemas will keep flying the movie because uh post on Facebook this weekend and I saw, I just took my boys to see E.T. And that movie's 40 years old. And my, has it been wonderful? And it's still a great experience. I'm like, I hate this person. Hide. But a lot of movies are being re-released right now, like Star Wars Rogue One. And E.T. because the movie schedule is a little bit on the thin side. When's the next blockbuster coming? Uh, I've got a kid who likes anime a lot, and I've got a kid who likes the NFL a lot. It's two very culturally different children. The one who likes anime, there's a new movie coming out called One Piece Red, and it's being slowly rolled out throughout the world. It's not like Top Gun, where it's in every movie theater, in every city, in every part of the world. And it's tough to find information when it's going to hit the United States, but sometimes this fall. And he pesters me every day. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. I'm like, it's only in Australia right now, so we're not going to Australia. European natural gas prices are soaring after Russia said they're going to extend maybe the time of the pipeline maintenance. Um, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's a waiting game until Friday on Wall Street. 
it's a big whoosh down today, but I'll be honest with you, in this last six months, seven months of 2022, we really haven't had panic. We really haven't had fear. We really haven't had, maybe in crypto a little bit, but we really haven't had people go, oh, I'm giving up forever. We've seen the day traders at Robinhood, the amateur investors, basically blow, be blown out. Transactions are smaller, accounts are smaller. But we really haven't had that thing that shakes your brother or your cousin who has a great job. There hasn't been, I, I give up on this forever and ever. So downside leadership from the mega caps, they're most of the pain today. Market is thinking consolidation after a big run-up. Very normal, very healthy behavior. Now we wait till Friday in the Federal Reserve coming out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.